0: attention friends are you ready to embark on a journey into the unknown this mother's day prepare to dive into the depths of your family's history with mylifeinabook.com each week mylifeinabook.com sends intriguing questions uncovering the thrilling tales of your mom's past and then she can either type her response or use their voice to text feature from daring escapes to nail-biting encounters. Her life becomes an epic adventure waiting to be explored. This Mother's Day, give the gift of excitement and intrigue with MyLifeInABook.com. It's a thrilling ride through your mom's life that you won't want to miss. I gave this to my mom last year, and let's just say I didn't know my mom as well as I thought I did. Check out MyLifeInABook.com And use code SHANE at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom this Mother's Day. That's mylifeinabook.com. And use code SHANE for 10% off today. The murder of Anna Mae Dietrich was one of the most gruesome cases Philadelphia has seen in a long time. With what police had learned about Anna's life, they were baffled. Who would murder a woman who by all accounts was a sweet and caring person? When police made the discovery of her head, they noticed something was missing. In this next part, I'm going to talk about the dismemberment of Anna in a little more detail. If you're sensitive to this kind of information, you may want to skip ahead a little. When the torso of Anna was found, the cutting of her head was close to the shoulders. Detectives and the coroner were sure that when they found the head, they would be able to, without a doubt, determine her cause of death. However, when Anna's head was discovered, her neck was missing. The cutting was at the base of her skull, It appeared that whoever killed Anna knew that her neck would give away her cause of death. The police was determined to find her killer, and Inspector Caleb J. Brinton assigned a dozen of his men to interview every man and woman in Philadelphia who had any type of association with Anna. But with each name they crossed off, their list seemed like a step further away. They decided to visit someone who may have known Anna almost as well as her sister, David L. Marshall. They called and asked Marshall to come in for an interview. They believed Anna had placed her trust in Marshall and may have told him things she didn't dare tell anyone else. They asked him about Anna's potential suitors. Marshall told them there was a man she talked about named Nicholas, but said the last time she went to see him, it appeared things weren't going well with him. That was the last time he saw her, he told police, ten days before she disappeared. Sergeant Dalstrom asked him about his relationship with Anna, if they had gone out, or if he had any romantic interest in Anna. Marshall was adamant there was nothing going on between them, that he was happily married with a twelve-year-old daughter. Police next asked him where he resided with his wife and daughter. Marshall told them they lived in Bywood, in a nice comfortable home. The questioning was routine, but they still needed to follow up at his house and talk to his wife to see if there was anything they were missing. When they got to the Marshall home, Miss Marshall couldn't believe that David had anything to do with the murder and that it was ridiculous to even suspect him. Detectives walked the home and opened a closet door and found a portion of a rug. Miss Marshall explained that the rug had been there since they bought the house. But before she could continue, David told her that he recently brought it home after redecorating his office. Miss Marshall suddenly remembered and agreed with him, which raised a flag to the detectives. They told Marshall they wanted to go down to his office on South 17th Street and look over a few things there. When they got there, they noticed the floor had been recently revarnished with new rugs. He often did this to make his office look more becoming, that he didn't want his office to look run down to his patients. They asked him why there was blood stains in one of the dressing rooms, as well as under the varnish of the floor. He quickly explained that he held a party there and someone busted their nose. He cleaned it up the best he could, but didn't want to pay someone to redo the floors. Next to the stains, there was a hacksaw, something uncommon for a chiropractor to use. Marshall explained that one of the doors in the office wouldn't close properly, so he went to the hardware store to buy one in order to saw a part of the door. But when detectives looked at the door, there was no indication of the door being cut, and it shut just fine. Marshall stated that it must have just been the change in the weather. He noticed that as well, which is why he didn't make any cuts on the door. Now Marshall was getting a little heated, He told them he appreciated that they were doing their due diligence in order to find Anna's killer, but it wasn't him. He had no reason to do such a horrible thing. But they had seen enough. They didn't even allow him to finish talking before taking him out of the office and down to Mita to the morgue where Anna lay. He didn't flinch when they removed the sheet, and his answer stayed calm and collected. Marshall said that if it was Anna, he wouldn't know her, though the hair does look like her hair. He then said that he wished those lips could speak so they could tell them that he was an innocent man. From the morgue, they took Marshall to the DA's office, where they questioned him for hours upon hours, hoping to get him to confess. They knew Marshall was hiding something, but what was it, and why was he hiding it? They were determined to find out. After six hours of questioning, Marshall looked tired. He looked up and asked if the DA will promise him that he would take care of his wife and child. With a nod of his head, Marshall let out a cry and confessed, I did it. I don't know why, I was frantic with fear, but Marshall said repeatedly that he didn't kill her. Anna came to his office one night. She was distraught over a man named Nicholas. Marshall told Anna he was heading out to grab something to eat, gave her the key to his office, and told her to go on up, that he would be back soon. After an hour, he returned to the office, but Anna wasn't there. The packages she had with her was sitting on his desk. The door to the bathroom was closed, so he assumed she was in there, but after a while, she didn't come out. He pushed open the door and saw her laying on the ground, a bottle of poison next to her body. When he couldn't revive her, he was at a loss of what to do he only thought of his wife and child. What news of this would do to them? He didn't move her and left her there overnight. The next morning, he went to the hardware store and bought the hacksaw. Marshall then described the act of dismembering Anna and disposing her body. But when he got back to the office, he saw he missed her head. He wrapped it up with a newspaper and dumped it on his way home. The last thing he told police was that when he got home, he walked up to his home office, locked his door, and drew his shade. That was that. Marshall just confessed to dismembering the body of Anna Mae Dietrich. That Anna was depressed and took her own life. That he was scared for the reputation of his family and did what he thought was best to protect his wife and daughter. But there was something that Marshall didn't know something that made this confession unbelievable to police. A toxicology report was done on Anna when she was brought to the morgue in Mita, and the result? Not a single ounce of poison was found in her system.